How do you feel clean when your past is dirty? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you'll hear from Scott Hinkle, who was on our previous show, who lived a life of drug use and drug dealing and found a way to get clean from it all. You know, I can so relate to feeling dirty and feeling unclean and unworthy and rejected because when I came to know the Lord and started to read the Bible and I saw Christians and met other people who have lived, you know, their whole lives in the church and they've been doing great things, I started to compare myself and I thought, oh my gosh, I've been a horrible person. I've done so much and there's nothing I can do to make up for what I've done. Mm -hmm. And I got into this mentality of how can I make it up to you, God? See, I don't think I really understood the gospel, but I kept thinking, gosh, I'm so messed up. Look at what I've done. And the more I read or the more I was around others, the more condemnation and guilt I felt instead of feeling the love and grace that people always talked about. You know, you know, when you feel dirty, it's really hard to feel clean. People say, oh, it's in your past. Just forget about it. You know, it doesn't matter anymore. Live in the now, live in the present. But it's so hard when your past just comes up. Something reminds you of your past. There's a story comes out and and people ask you about your past and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm ashamed to say it. And we clam up. Mm. So how do you get really clean? The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Mm. That means that you can not only feel clean, you can be clean. Mm -hmm. That will actually make you feel clean. Mm -hmm. And that's when you walk into the light and you just reveal it to Jesus Christ. And you just say, Jesus, I want you to clean me from my past. Mm -hmm. It will change you radically. That's what I did for me. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I just let him cleanse me from Mm -hmm. all my sin. And man... I became like a brand new person. And you know what helped me is a Bible verse that says, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That means even though I was doing all these horrible things, God loved me then. How much more would he love me now that I'm not doing those? Let's hear from Scott Hinkle after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Scott Hinkle, and he was on our previous show sharing about his life. At 14 years old, he got into drugs, and at 15, he became a heroin addict, started doing heroin, and really it was because of the crowd he was hanging around, wanted to be cool, and just led down to a dark path. You know, he never thought that this was the path he was going to take in life. At one point, he wanted to be a president or, you know, go in the military. But unfortunately, he was on the wrong path and ended up in jail. And we're going to find out what happened and how things changed. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you. It's great to be back with you. Yes. So I understand that there were a couple of people in your neighborhood who found out about your situation and started praying for you. Now, you didn't really know all about this at the time, 
But as your story unfolds, you're going to share with us what happened. Tell us a little bit about how you were feeling at this time. I mean, you're only 17 years old. You were being arrested. You're running with the wrong crowd. You're into drugs. How did that make you feel? You know, being arrested, I felt like that kind of life is inevitable. And so I thought, okay, wow, here it is. But really, as I began to look back, God began to put into motion a series of situations and circumstances that led me to having a real close encounter with Jesus Christ. As I was arrested on those charges, I went to court. We plea bargained, and I had to leave the state of New Jersey, go live in the Midwest with some relatives, go through counseling, go back to school, and a number of things like that. And then one day, I had a cousin out there that we were using drugs together, again, in a little town in Kansas. And so here I'm back in high school. I just turned 19 at this point in time. It was seven days after my 19th birthday. And we're sitting up kind of in the balcony in this gym. And it's an anti-drug lecture. And quite frankly, I had no interest whatsoever because I thought I knew everything there was to know about that kind of life and that kind of world. And I'm sitting up at the balcony with my cousin. Between us, we're kind of making fun of the guy and just thinking we don't want to listen to him. But all of a sudden, sitting there in that balcony, I felt like something brushed across my face and I heard a voice speak to me. Now, it wasn't a loud, booming, audible voice, but it was today what I'd call the whisper. You might know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the voice said to me, Hinkle, listen to this guy. He's got something to say because you don't know everything. And I began to listen and I really wasn't sure, but I felt I had to talk to this guy. Now, I thought because he'd been a rock musician in Hollywood and that maybe there could be a music connection, but I really had no idea. I thought, I just need to talk to this guy. And so I borrowed a car. Another student said, hey, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go talk to this guy who was just there. Can I go? Sure, jump in with me. I found out what his schedule was as I walked out the door. I ran into one of the school officials, and he had no idea I was skipping out the back door. (laughs) But I said, look, hey, that guy we had this morning, where's he speaking? Oh, he gave me the next town. So I jumped in the car and drove over to that other town that was about 10 miles or so away, walked in, and I had just missed him. And so they said, oh, but he's in this other town a few miles further away. So we went out there. And I walked into the gym and the whole crowd looked at me and they knew I didn't go to school there. And one of the officials came over to me. He said, look, uh, Mr. McFeeders is in the middle of his talk. It's a very long talk. In other words, here's the door buster. So I went out into the parking lot. And as I walked out there, I saw a 69 red and white Malibu Super Sport Chevy with New York plates. And in it was a little blonde haired young lady, which was his wife that he'd introduced in the very first assembly. So I went over and I just kind of introduced myself and she was sitting in the passenger seat reading her Bible. Little red stickers were on the dashboard of the car inside said, Jesus loves you. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, Jesus freaks. And I didn't know anything really about them except I'd read in a newspaper article that there are a bunch of Jesus freaks living in the mud in a community, some mountains, someplace. Wow. And she began to talk to me. And then her husband came out and we began to talk. He said, man, let's get something to eat. So they took me to a NW root beer stand. I'm a friend and I, we ate. And then Charles said, Scott, why don't you come out to the car? I want to talk to you. And you see, Kathleen, those are the days when they would greet most people that look pretty weird in the back of most churches. 
kind of like with a pair of scissors and a can of Lysol. <laughs> and they tell you to get shaved before you can get saved. Right. But, you know, there was just something different about the guy. He didn't Bible belt me or Jesus jam me or tell me I was a dirty, rotten, filthy drug addict, scum of the earth, although that was a pretty accurate description. Right. There was something different about him. I didn't know what it was, but I made up my mind whatever he had, I was going to get it. I sat in the front seat of his car and he kind of opened his Bible and was talking to me and kind of sharing some. And all of that went over my head. But I felt very uncomfortable in a loving sense. I was very profane in my language. I couldn't even use the mildest of profanities. I didn't want to light up a cigarette because I'd come into contact with somebody that had Jesus in their life and wasn't afraid to show it. And I bowed my head in the front seat of that car and I just cried out of my heart. I didn't know you had to pray a prayer or go to an altar or go through the four laws or the 14 laws, whatever. Right. But I bowed my head and I cried out of my heart, God, if you can do everything this man is talking about, then go on ahead and do it. Jesus, you're the gutter. And I've been in the gutter and I have no more options. Mm. You know what, Kathleen? Immediately I felt like somebody came in on the inside of me. All I could picture was a guy kind of in a painter's coveralls with a scrub brush and a hose cleaning me out from the inside. I felt like all the garbage and crud was draining out of my life. I felt clean. I can't describe it any other way. Mm. We began to talk and share, and he gave me a stack of literature and a paperback New Testament. I didn't know what the book was. I went around and waved it for three days, saying, man, I got a good book. It's got all the answers. Then one day I opened it, and I saw Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and literally my thought was, duh, this must be a Protestant Bible. So Mm -hmm. I just began to read it, and God began to work in my heart and in my life. Wow. He said, Scott, on the edge of town, there's a little white frame wooden church. I hear it's good. Good people go there. Well, I was living just a couple of blocks around the corner from it. And I went over there and kind of got plugged in. They believed everything in the Bible, prayed for the sick, and did all that you see in the Bible. And really began to embrace me in those early days of my life with Jesus. You know, there are people listening, Scott, who think that there's nothing they can do to get to God, that they have to get cleaned up first. And it's too hard for them. It's just too hard to become a Christian. But really what you're saying is he cleans us up after we call out to him and surrender. We don't have to get cleaned up. He will clean us up, but it's just our heart he wants. Is that right? That's where it starts. I mean, look, I was a mess. I was a foul mess. You know, people say, Scott, are you going to quit doing this and stop doing that? My first thought was, no, is the moon going to stop coming up at night? (laughs) But Jesus catches his fish before he cleans us. And the more Jesus became Lord of my life, Mm -hmm. the more rooms of the house of my life I let him move into, the more he changed the furniture, if I can use that analogy. That's awesome, Scott. Wow, that's powerful. So your eyes were completely changed and you were completely delivered. And we are going to pray for those right now who need a whole new makeover and their house to be remade. And we appreciate you, Scott, so much for sharing with us what Mm -hmm. God has done in your life. You know, what's amazing about this is that he was able to not only be cleaned, but he's able to feel clean. And I think so many out there, they can go through life and you know what you've done in the past. And the question is, how do I not only think I'm clean, but how do I really feel it and know it? 
And the way to do that, my friend, is if you just allow it, just like Scott did, if you just allow Jesus Christ to clean your life, if you allow the blood of Jesus to wash over you, you will feel clean, but you will also be clean mm-hmm. spiritually. Right. So Jesus, we ask you right now that you would wash us by your blood, and we ask for the forgiveness of our sins. And Lord Jesus, we receive you, we believe in you, and we choose to follow you from this day forth. We love you so much. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.